you remember two or three weeks ago, I think uh, Asari came up to give a testimony and Sam said, next time I'll just let you preach. Well, he's, he has done that. <laughs> and I believe this is going to be our second uh, sermon in the new series of The Big Questions. And is it God, technology and society today? Just come up, Sari, and I'll pray for you before you start. Oh, Father God, we do thank you for Asari and all that he does for One Church. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for his love of Norwich, Lord, and his love for people. And Lord, we pray that you would just bless him today, that his words would touch us and change us, Father God. May you speak through him mightily today and bless him throughout this week, Lord. Protect him as he goes about his business after today. And just may he know your presence with him. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, afternoon, church. Still getting used to that. Let me take my mask off. Mm. <laughs> morning. Afternoon. I'll always, always make that mistake. But yeah, um, I hope everybody's good. Before I start... I'd like to thank One Church um, just for a lot of things. I came here a year, lockdown's a sort of time for me, but quite a few, quite a year, a bit ago. And I came here looking for a new family, came here looking for a new church. I came here looking for a very Bible-believing, doctrine-based family church. And I thank you for being that church to me. Um, great individuals, great family. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, each and every single one of you, whether I've had a long conversation with you or not. I'm a very shy, quiet person, I am, but um, I'd like to thank you so much for impacting me in each different way. I listen to every word you say. I take on any advice you give me. I really remember every prayer that's been prayed over my life, so I want to thank each and every single one of you for that. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'd thank Sam and Hannah, they're not here, um, but I thank them for that plat this platform because it's amazing. So, yeah, um, let's get into it. The sermon is God, Technology and Society. I don't know if you can see my picture, but that is my favourite one of myself. I really like it. I do. Um, Sam emailed me over saying, what picture do you want to put up? I was there for about a good half an hour, just looking through my, my gallery for a good picture. But yeah, so I'm happy with that. Happy we go with that. But yeah, let's start looking at um, what does technology mean for us as Christians and in our society as well. So if we can have a definition for technology. If we can get up. I directed this straight from Google, like I did with the rest of my degree. So, technology is the application of scientific knowledge for per, per, practical purposes, especially in industries, so such as the advances in computer technology. But you can also paraphrase that to the change and manipulation of the human environment. So we see that technology is not just um, electronics or um, a mobile phone. So. Um, I don't want to guess the ages of some of you here, but not all of you grew up with a mobile phone. I did, um, but the phones or technology that some of you guys had um, was not a mobile phone. So that could have been um, a landline, it could have been letters, it could have been, I don't know how you guys lived without mobile phones, but <laughs> anything it was, um, that was your technology of the time. So technology changes, technology updates, and it looks different for each and every different generation. So we can see different technologies in the Bible. If you look at um, 2 Chronicles, you can jot these down. I'm going to name quite a few of them. 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 15, 26, verse 15. 
um, we have something called rapid fire shooter arrows. So those were arrows that were designed specifically to danger the armies of Israel. But that was a type of technology they innovated from what was a typical arrow into rapid fire arrows that hurt more. You look at sandals in John chapter 1 verse 27, um, where Jesus talks about, sorry, John the Baptist talks about, I'm not even worthy to you, um, undo the sandals of, um, the straps of Jesus' sandals. If you also look at the Roman road system, so that's um, the normal roads that we follow in England are from the Romans. So those are seen in Acts chapter 23, verse 23 to 25. Um, the Ark of the Covenant, they had to build that up and create it. That's seen in Exodus chapter 25, verse 9. Um, the bronze snake, I'll just list a few of them. The bronze snake in Numbers 24, verse 7. Um, wine skins, which is a new way of collecting wine in Matthew 9, 17 and then the cross in John 19. That was all technology. So even though those things are not electronic or new or they don't work as efficiently as, that was the technology at the time. But technology looks different in different seasons. If we look at, we can actually turn our Bibles here. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, 23 to 40, I'll read off the board. Brilliant. If you can get 1 Samuel 17, 23 to 40. So essentially, the background of the story, um, the Israelites were getting terrorized by a big giant called Goliath. And David came to visit his brothers to give his brothers food on the battlefield. And David thought he can take on Goliath because any small child can fight a giant. So David thought he could take on Goliath. And Saul said, to anybody who can fight and slay this, um, this big giant, um, I'll give you one of my daughters. So um, we see David going up to Saul and saying, listen, I want to take on this fight. Um, and Saul saying, fine, your death wish, but um, here are some of my armour. So and we read from verse 26. Sorry, from 32, my bad. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep and a lion or a bear, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rest, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This circum uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defiled the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, be, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his tunic. Tunic was their type of armor. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and carried walking around. So, and tried walking around, but he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch, of the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Amen. So essentially, um, Saul gave him his armor, and the armor didn't fit him, it wasn't right for him. And he said, to fight this person, all I need is a sling and my shepherd's pouch and a few stones. And as you all know the story of David and Goliath, David won the story. But I think it just shows that even though Saul knew how to fight, Saul knew that in a war, in a battle, you need armory. But for David's generation, all you needed was stones. 
So don't despise what's new in the system or what's new in the world just because it's not, it hasn't worked before or it's just newer. But it doesn't also eradicate the effectiveness of Saul's armory. So essentially, when you go into war, you're not going in a main battlefield one-on-one. -on -one. David was just lucky he was going on one-on-one -on -one and was at quite a distance to be able to stow um, a stone away. But don't ever doubt what a new generation can bring. But at the same time, look and reflect on what the old generation has to offer. If we see, um, this scripture's not up on the board, but if you look at um, the life of David, David is the same person that when, um, when Solomon was coming in, um, they stayed together and they found out what was needed in a new generation. Solomon found out what a new generation needed to be able to go on forth. So even though they were bringing a new generation forward, the old generation, sorry, the old generation was pouring into the new generation to find out what was still needed to be done. So even though technology is a new thing, the ones that are implementing technology, which are, is all of us, need to know what was done in the past to be able to affect the present. Amen? Amen. If you look at, actually we can turn there, the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, 1 to 9. I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but you can have that there. Um, they use technology for their own gain. So they were trying to build um, a, ta a tower all the way up to heaven to be like God for their own acclaim. And we see nowadays that technology is, is God-given. Technology is God's gift to man, let's say that. God's gift to man. But we now use technology for our own purposes, our own drive, our own um, selfish ambitions, whether it's um, acclaim, whether it's fame, whether it's money. And these things eradicate us from our love for God because we're so focused on what technology can bring us rather than what God can bring us. And we saw that in the Tower of Babel, even though they had a good intention of building a tower, but because their motives were wrong, were for acclaim and um, fame, that's when they never actually got to accomplish their mission. We also see that humans always need something to worship. So if you look at Exodus 32 in the Golden Calf, um, Golden Calf was actually a technology, well, something that they constructed together um, the Israelites, after they just crossed the Red Sea. And they're waiting for the tablets um, from Moses. Moses went up to the mountain, they're waiting for the tablets. And as they're waiting, they got tired, as people do, and they worshipped a golden calf. They built a golden calf and worshipped it. And as human beings, when there's a void in our lives that's not filled with God, we'll find anything to worship. Human beings don't like to admit that we worship things. We don't like to admit that we're idle to other things. Other things are idols in our lives. But if it's not God, then something else takes our place there. And we see with the Israelites that because they didn't want seeking for God or searching out for God, they allowed this thing that they created to be their idol, which was the golden calf. And I want to encourage each and every single one of us, if it's not God in our place, something else will be in our place. I've seen that so many times in my life. If I don't devote God into the, into the right area, it's not just a void time I have. Something else will take up that time. We have 24 hours. It's something that will take up that time. Um, recently during lockdown, I got into this app called TikTok. I don't know if anybody knows TikTok. TikTok was the bane of my life in lockdown. I could spend, and TikTok are very good. They, um, the algorithm means that you never need to worry about finding content, never need to worry about searching for anything, and you can spend about six hours on there. You wouldn't even recognize the time has gone. But those things take up our time. And because we've now left God out of the equation, or we um, don't spend as much time focusing on God, anything else can be in that equation. Whether it's WhatsApp group chats, um, my mum is very funny, she can, anything in this world, she can find out on WhatsApp. She can send you anything on WhatsApp, she can send chain messages from WhatsApp, 
Um, I'm sure during lockdown, she believed that rice was plastic, so we didn't eat rice for most of lockdown. But those things do take up our time and take up our mentality. And if Christ isn't at the center, if God isn't at the center, then we allow the things that Christ has made to become idols. So we start worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Um, I'm going to read a quote, two quotes. I'm going to paraphrase them. Do, um, do forgive me. But they're from a theologian called um, Craig Gray. Craig Gay, sorry. And he said two things. He said, technology is the reason why most of us are here. And that technology led to us having a better quality of life. And he's a Christian theologian. And I don't want to go against any person that studied theology or had obviously large depth of knowledge in that field, but I'd have to disagree with him. Because technology is not the reason why we're here. Christ is. And I think so many times we focus on technology to bring a better quality of life for us, or technology will bring us that joy that we've always searched for. John 10 talks about that in him there's, there's abundance and fullness of life. But we should not seek for technologies to be that abundance, and we forget that Christ is the one that gave us life in the first place. Amen? Um, during lockdown, one church, we're able to meet on YouTube. Um, we may have called our friends. We may have um, looked at songs on YouTube or so many different means to connect with church. But technology was not the reason why we had access to the Father. Christ was the reason why we have access to the Father. And we say things like, technology is what saved our church during lockdown. Technology is not what saved our church during lockdown. Because if all the technology here just goes, as it did this morning, unfortunately, if all the technology here goes, we still have a church, we still have a body. Christ is coming back for us, not for us and our microphones, not for us and our um, cameras. But those things are essential for us to push the gospel. Uh, I have a very naturally quiet voice. So without this microphone, you would ask me to repeat myself quite a few times. Or without this camera, somebody may not be able to watch it later who's not here. So technology is not a bane in our lives. Technology is not a, a worry unless we make it. When we start to worship technology far, far more than what Christ intended us to, that's when technology becomes a God and an idol to us. Amen. 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 If we see in Genesis 1, we were told to have, we're going to have dominion on this earth. Um, then in Genesis chapter 3, because of our fall, we were told that we, were, we will be condemned to work by the sweat of our brow. So, um, I personally don't sweat at work. If I can show my technology I use for work. Yeah, so I um, work in marketing, um, which is a fancy word for I go on social media all day. That's essentially what I do. Um, so I'll just show you some of my technology. This is not just to boast in any way, it just shows what I use. Um, to the left, you can see my laptop, um, mouse, camera, um, desktop, webcam, phone, a work phone, and then another mouse, and I can't see what that is, headphone, headset. So most of my life is technology. I go to work five times a week. Most of my life is technology. Um, but technology does not enable me to do what I do. God does. Technology does not make me a better person at my job. God does. I think we put too much emphasis on technology above our creator, and that's where things get bad. Technology has allowed me to do great things with my job that I'll never be able to do by myself, but technology is not the reason why I'm good at my job. Amen. Amen. So in um, chapter 3, when we're told that we'll be condemned to sweat by our brow, we see that technology has made this easier for us. Um, he was, when um, God was talking to Adam about you'll sweat by your brow, he was talking about working the land. 
a lot of us, I don't know if anybody's done gardening before, personally, I'm not a big fan of outside and leaves and animals and insects individually, but I don't know if anybody's worked outside and had to um, do a bit of gardening. There's a lot of work, there's a lot of groundwork. And because of technology, now we're able to harvest and farm at immense rates, but technology is not the one that supplies all those things for us. God is the one that does it, because if all our technology went, God will still provide rain. God will still provide, even if there's a drought, still, God will still provide a way. So we cannot put our emphasis and faith on technology to bring us about a change. Amen. Amen. Also, God doesn't need our human systems to be good. And I think when we come to the realisation of that, we don't look to our human systems to bring about a change. So if you look at um, Luke chapter 19, verse 40. Luke chapter 19, verse 40. Fantastic. Um, Christ was talking to... Um, the Pharisees who told um, their Christ's disciples to keep quiet. And he said, I'll tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Our God is the God of nature. Even if our technology doesn't work, he will cause all of nature to work on his behalf. Technology is not what drives God. God, doesn't, God does, is not bound to technology. God does not work. We're not here in service. We're not worshipping because we have technology. Technology has just allowed us to worship differently worship in a more efficient way. God is still reigns through all those things. Amen. But the beauty of, even though God does not work or does not need our human systems, the beauty is that God still wants to work with us. So if we look at John chapter 15, verse 16. John chapter 15, verse 16. And it says, You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that, you, that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Amen. So even though God does not need our human systems, God still chooses us. And that includes everything that we have. Even though um, God doesn't need our phone or our telephone or our email systems, God allows us to use those things to propagate his name. So it's not about, oh, um, technology is now bad. Is saying to God, how can I use the technology that I have to glorify your name? And technology is not just social media. I think a lot of time we think the young people will use the gospel in, te in technological ways to push it for us. But if you have WhatsApp, you can send chain messages. Um, if you send it to me, I may not read it because I don't read my text messages. But um, if you have email, you can send an email chain message. If you have a phone, that's technology. And call somebody, encourage somebody. And how many times do we do those things? And those things are technology. That's us allowing, um, that's allowing us to use what God has given us to the best of our ability. Yeah. Instead of the technology that we're using, um, I can't imagine how many times I've spent in the past few weeks on phone calls. As I was preparing this message, I was thinking, how much time do I use my technology to glorify God versus glorifying myself or anything that I want to do? Um, and TikTok aside, I'll not add that to the numbers, but um, I looked at how much time I was on the phone. Um, I now spend a lot of time on FaceTime these days. And how many times, oh, FaceTime is um, a Apple phone using ways to connect with somebody by video call. And I think about how many times am I actually spreading the gospel while talking about those things? Or am I edifying somebody with something? Um, communication is good, fun times is good, but what am I doing in all those times? And our, is our technology, are we actually using it to glorify God at the end of the day? Amen. Amen. Let's go to, if we can turn all of us to Colossians chapter 1, 
verse 19 to 23. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. Oh, fantastic. And it says, um, For God was so pleased, so, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwelt in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated by, from God, and you were as enemies in your mind because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present to you present you, sorry, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Apologies. If you continue in your faith established and firm, and you do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard, that I have proclaimed, and every creature under heaven, and I of which Paul have become a servant. Amen. So Paul's talking about God is reconciling everything to himself. I think so many times we talk about technology like it's a bad thing. But are we talking to God about, I want to reconcile my technology back to you. I want to give this back to you. This is back onto you. Um, the story came into my head, but I can't remember the person who it was. But I think it was um, Hannah when she had her firstborn, Samuel. I'm correct? Am I not correct? No, cool. No, nobody knows what I'm talking about in the Bible. Um, she dedicated um, that child back to Christ. It was fantastic. Um, she dedicated that, that child back to Christ. And are we doing that with what we have, the technology we have? Or are we saying, you know, I want to have this for myself. I want to have this for myself. Um, I remember when I was growing in Christ, um, I hated reading my physical Bible because I'm not a fan of long text. Um, and even, even to this day, um, if you give me a book that is not, have big text or maybe I know I'm 21 but just a few pictures you know just a few colors um, I don't know if I'll read it that well but um, I remember um, mom always used to tell me just read the Bible on your phone and I was like oh, I have to get out the Bible on my phone and you know read it on the train and now growing up I thought I could even give God the little of just opening the Bible up on my phone and reading it. It can even read it to me, even nowadays. That's what's so brilliant about technology and advancing. So how much are we willing to give the little things to God? Just, um, now that I work, sometimes it's a bit hard to get up early in the morning. Um, waking up at 5.30 is a, a struggle. Um, uni, you can wake up at 12 o'clock, nobody will mind you, but when you have to wake up for an employer, it's a very hard thing to do, so. <laughs> um, and I had to really ask God, how much of my time do I want to really, how much of my time am I willing to give to you? Some days I wake up late and I have to run to work, as in physically run to work in a full suit. And those days I'll be like, oh God, I'll catch you later, or um, I'll talk to you sometime and you finish work and now you're hungry or you fall asleep. And so many, so many things happen. So, so many things happen that I now forget to spend that time with God. And the beautiful thing about technology is that now that has been made easier. So if I'm at work, um, I can plug into the Bible um, app and listen to a chapter. I can play music on my way to work. I can connect on my way to work. So now we, even though technology has now been talked about as a bad thing in the Christian community, technology has opened us to so many ways to get closer to God because we don't have that excuse. We don't have that excuse. And even though technology is a lot of our time, it's time consuming. But technology in the right amounts and in the right ways can be used to glorify God in so many beautiful ways. Amen. 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 Um, let's also talk about, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. I don't have that scripture up. 
So I'm using technology, see if it'll fail me. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. And it reads, When I'm weak with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I too bring to the weak Christ. Yes, I find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save them. Amen. Now the modern world is technology. So are we being... I don't know if the word's technologists, but are we being adapting to the modern world to preach Christ? Sometimes we're so stuck in our old ways that we're too scared to adapt to what Christ is doing in a new generation. We see the world is moving with technology. As a church, are we moving with it as well? I'm not talking about skanky lights or very big displays, but it's the little things that we're reaching out to. Are we doing those things to get open or get out or see ourselves as Christians? Just that text message, I think a lot of the time we strive for one-on-one communication. One thing about me is I, if you text me, you'll take a very long time to get back to me. Because I'm not on, I say I'm not on my phone, but unless it's TikTok, then you'll see me on my phone. But um, I'm not on my phone as much um, because I really value one-on-one communication. And during lockdown, that was obviously hard. And I had to overcome and say, listen, as much as I don't want to adapt, I have to. The world's moving. Even myself, well, during lockdown, I was 20. Um, even myself, even now at 21, am I willing to adapt with the world in order to preach the gospel? I can fold my hands and say, I don't want to do it this way, or it doesn't favour me this way. But the person who I need to reach, that might be their one calling. That might be what they need so much. So are we willing to adapt as a church, as people, as Christians, to what the world needs from us? So yeah, amen. Amen, amen. So yeah, um... If you can read first John chapter one verse three, John chapter one verse three. Don't know if it's the one up here. No, that's no problem. Let me read it. John chapter one verse three. And it says, from the NLT, God created everything through him, and nothing was it created except through him. Amen. Technology is not a weird human force that has now come to destroy our Christian lives and it's now the reason of, technology is the emphasis of this um, modern world. Technology was created from God. If we see um, in the creation story in Genesis 1, uh, we see that God is the creator and innovator of everything. That um, even the moon and the stars, and he separated the day and the night. He saw that, okay, there's one void. It would be better to make them into two. We see God's creation and innovation come out, even from the very beginning. Um, if we look at how he created man, he got us from dust and breathed life into us. Sorry, from clay and breathed life into us. So we see that creation phase happening even in our, in, our, in, our, in our Father. So we can't say that technology is beyond us or technology is not Christian because our God is the creator. He created everything through it, through himself, sorry. So yeah. Um, and it's just us as humans that have distorted the image of technology. Everything God intended was to be good. If you look at even, it's a weird subject to bring on a Sunday and do forgive me, but um, if you even look at sex, its original origin was for good, was in marriage um, at its appropriate time. But look at how we as a world, um, I don't mean us as one church, God forbid, but we as a world has um, adapted that image and that thought and what we think of sex nowadays. That's the same with technology. And even um, the image of sex has really changed because of technology. Um, if it's not um, online pornography, um, I don't know 
what would you do with the in, before the internet? It was before the internet was. I'm not looking at faces, but before the internet was magazines, um, and yeah, so you've heard um, it was magazines. So all those stuff. Um, you can see that technology has um, distorted our image of all those things, but God intended it for our good. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to put up a few scriptures. Uh, uh, behind me if they come up fantastic um you can write these down and look um at them afterwards but it just gives both of the view of technology and it says first corinthians chapter um six verse 12 um they're just paraphrased by the way um all things are possible when everything's beneficial and we need to evaluate our use of social media whether it's also oh, technology my bad whether it's benefiting us benefiting the world around us or we're just benefiting ourselves amen um, first, first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, talks about, and all you do, give glory to God. The technology that you have and the resources that you have, give glory to God in those things, because God looks at those things and thanks us for those things. And lastly, um, John 10, 10, which I also mentioned earlier, that our abundance is in Christ. Technology does not bring us joy, it does not bring us a better life. Even without it, God will still reign, God still rules, even if this whole building losses all this technology we'll still be able to worship because god gave us voices and god gave us a life so that is where we give our worship to him for amen amen and i'll sort of draw into my slow close um i'll talk about ways that we can use technology so this is through letters letters also technology books megaphones radios uh, magazine television movies emails internet WhatsApp, messaging, social media, and so many different ways that we can use social media. So we can use technology. Forgive me for saying social media. Shows how young I am. Um, we can use technology to impact our world around us as Christians. And just to conclude, I want us to know that um, God is the creator and he created technology, but we can never worship technology because Christ is our creator. Technology is not what created us. Technology is not what gave us a better life, but Christ is. If you look at John chapter 14, verse 12, which I don't think I have as a scripture, no. John chapter 14, verse 12, apologies. Let's actually turn there while I, while I come to a close. 14, verse 12. Christ says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater, because I am going to be with the Father. Amen. And the greater works he's talking about is not, I can't raise myself from the dead, never will, never will even try. But... Um, he's talking about the capacity that we can reach. We can go to the ends of the earth. I can call people in different countries. My social media can reach people in different countries. That Christ's heart was limited to geography. I mean, he could transport and teleport, which is quite amazing, actually. But um, he was um, limited by geography. But we don't have those limitations anymore. We can fly to places. Um, we can send things across the world. So... Technology now enables us to do those things, but technology at the end of the day is not God, and technology does not solve our problems. God does. So we shouldn't look to technology for our answers. Instead, we should just, technology should be a means for us to get to know our God better. Amen. Amen. And lastly, I want to remind everyone here that technology is ever-changing, so we can never put our hope in technology. The reason why we put our, our hope in God is because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The basis of technology always changes. What was, um, some, when some of you are my age, what was the technology of the day is completely different to what um, is now. Even when I have, God willing, when I have kids, 
um, their technology will be different to me now. They'll be looking at me like, what's TikTok? Why do you have that? What's WhatsApp? Why do you have those things? So I cannot put uh, my hope in those things. My hope can never be in technology because it's always changing. But my hope is in God and God alone because he stays the same. Amen. Amen. And um, with that, I'll draw my sermon to a close. But um, there's one song that um, has been on my mind for quite a few weeks, uh, which I'll play as we go. You don't have to stay around to listen to the whole song. But um, it's called Wait On You. And it's talking about just being patient when God is talking, when God... You're trying to hear from God. So I'm going to play it as we um, leave the service today. But I want to thank each and every single one of you. Again, um, the thing I said at the beginning, how I found Elam as my family, as my home. Um, I thank each and every single one of you for being there. And yeah, God bless you all as we play Wait On You. I hope you have a great week and a blessed week. Amen. Amen. Amen.